When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Craving some great 80s music. Play Virgin Radio 80s Plus. On DAB Digital Radio, on the app, on your smart speaker, and at virginradio80splus.co.uk. I got my Chris Evans. Woo! Love the 80s. Virgin Radio. 80s Plus. Welcome to the show. Vasas is here. Aloha. And Rachel's here. Greetings. And um, very soon, Patrick Kilty's going to be here. Tell us about Paddy Kilty, please, Rachel. Uh, Patrick Kilty, one of Ireland's most loved sons, uh, best known as a comedian. And back in 1992, he was a comedian who graced the stage of the Late Late Show as an up-and-coming performer three days before his university exams introduced by the legend that is Gay Byrne and then on this Friday he took to the stage as the host of the Late Late. Friday just gone? Friday just So it's happened already? It's happened. I texted the family. What did you think? What's the verdict? And my mum sent me a message last night. She said... Just watch The Late Late. Great show. We'll be checking in each week. PK did a fantastic job and the guest list was fab with Mary McAleese, who's the former president of Ireland, in a very relaxed form. The Late Late has always been an iconic show and in Gay Burns' time it was significant in changing the social and religious culture, shedding light onto hidden scandals and opening minds to new ways of thinking and equality. I think PK will bring people together across Ireland in a non-political but very effective way. Wishing him the very best of Irish luck and blessings. Now you can see where she gets it from. I mean, how detailed was that? <laughs> Jeez, no wonder you don't text her very often. <laughs> I know, it's a really long You wouldn't have any even... time for the rest of yeah. your life. I've also cut that down. It was much longer. <laughs> and you've edited it. Yes, that's the abridged Perfect. version. Vassas, are you in? Are you in? I'm in. He's in. Rachel, are you in? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Perfect responses from both of you. Mm. You know, pertaining to your characters. Yeah. Yeah, of course I'm in. Yeah. Yay! Maybe. Depends. Yeah. Got some more questions. I, I need to know I more. more questions. <laughs> I need to text my mum. Yeah. I need to receive the text from my mum. I need to spend the next two days editing it so I can read it out to you or just perform on stage yeah. in the West End or take it on tour. The <laughs> reply my to Edinburgh show. That text. So John Terry is rumoured mm. to buy, be buying or thinking about buying 10% of Chelsea. You know, he could raise the money. Um, you can do that if people believe in you and uh, they think you are doing things for the right reasons and they can make a few quid out of it too. He may well have the money himself. I know that he's done a few very, very sharp um, and uh, canny property deals over the years. Um, he is has earned a lot of money in his footballing uh, career. And it... 
he earned money at the time when you know the kind of you know the big houses in the uk were you know they cost x and now they cost x times 100 something like that and they were not inexpensive when he bought them but they just became so much mm. and he bought like two or three of them i think if you add it up it's about 10 percent of chelsea football club <laughs> but he's probably going to raise the finance this is probably the text of the month and it's not you know what are we two thirds of the way through the month almost exactly a third to go but I, I don't think anybody's going to beat this here we go Paul from Bristol. Yesterday was my wife Tash's 40th birthday. Nearly every day there is a part of the show that we miss due to walking our boys to school. So after the show, I listened back to that part of the show on the app. And this is when you decided to wish your wife Tash a happy birthday because it was the twins' birthday. And Rachel said, yes, but it was Tash's birthday because it was the day she gave birth. So you must also wish her a happy birthday. So I did what every good husband would do. I screen recorded you singing and sent it to Tash. Um, it was all about her and it was all down to me. Don't tell her. <laughs> Brilliant. Well Paul. played. All right, here we go. How you can be happier. I promise you and it's guaranteed. It's from Arthur C. Brooks again. Arthur C. Brooks is the guest on Rich's latest episode, Rich Roll, the podcast, Rich Roll. Uh, the RRP, Rich Roll podcast, episode 781. Arthur C. Brooks is a genius. He's just co-written this book with... Oprah Winfrey, who's also a genius. Um, it might be the most useful book you could ever buy. If you're ever going to listen to one podcast in your life, um, then listen to Riches. But if you're going to ever, you're going to have time for one episode of Riches in your life, this is the episode to listen to. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I've listened to it three times now. I'm going to have to listen to it 10 times. I have to keep stopping it, writing things down. It keeps blowing my mind. Here is How to Be Happier from Arthur C. Brooks, who is the professor of happiness at Harvard University. There was a, a body of work from the late 19th century from a French physiologist named Duchenne. And his whole thing was mapping the human smile. He wanted to know if it was culturally specific or, 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 or physiological based on our common emotions. So he traveled all over the world and he found 19 smiles. Only one is associated with true happiness, which he named after himself. It's the Duchenne smiles. Like <laughs> he discovered it, man. So, and it's in Papua New Guinea and India yeah. and Japan and the United States and every place else that that's, that that's the same smile every place. How do you know when somebody's actually smiling? It's purely physiological, it has nothing to do with the mouth. It's two sets of muscles, the zygomatic major muscles in the upper cheeks and the orbicularis oculi muscles in the corners of the eyes. When you see an old person who has pronounced crow's feet, that means they've been doing the Duchenne smile a lot in their lives. Never get Botox because you literally look mm -hmm. like you have not enjoyed your life as much. If you get rid of the crow's feet, you want crow's feet, it's very attractive. I mean, it doesn't make you look young, but it makes you look like an old happy person. Okay, now here's the interesting question. If I am happy and then I do a Duchenne smile, what if I were to do a Duchenne smile, would it run the causality backwards into my body and make me feel happier? And the answer is yes. It's hard to do. The way that you simulate a Duchenne smile is to take a pencil and put it horizontally in your molars and bite down hard for 20 seconds. That stimulates the zygomatic major and orbicularis oculi muscles manually and after 20 seconds, you'll you'll weirdly start feeling happier for like an hour. Guess what we all do? I have to say, I use it because it's going down to hunt you. And it makes you talk like Zippy from Rainbow. <laughs> it also makes you happy. It does, it makes you happy. It's a bit more like George, actually. This is a Chris Evans record show, which sings on Virgin Radio. <laughs> and the Duchenne Smile. All right, Rachel. It makes me feel a bit sick. But you got the Duchenne Smile anyway. That's the thing. Good, good. Maybe if we double down the Duchenne Smile, we have to double down first. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Happy Wednesday. <laughs>
episode 781 of the Rich Roll Podcast, starring, and I'm going to say starring, super starring, Arthur C. Brooks. I can't wait for this book. It's not over here yet. I've got to get a copy of this book. Baba, It's called Build the Life You Want, written by Arthur C. Brooks and Oprah Winfrey. So basically, he writes this column in The Atlantic every Thursday about happiness. He writes 1,500 words on happiness every single week because he's dedicated his life to it. He is the he's the professor, the bona fide PhD qualified professor of happiness at Harvard University. He teaches happiness. It's the most oversubscribed um, class at Harvard by miles, no matter what else the uh, the students are there for, whether they're st- studying tech or law or they they have swimming um, uh, scholarships or whatever. This is the most oversubscri- oversubscribed um, class. You just can't get into it. They've started doing it online. Um, you know, you start with a thousand people on day one. They expected a hundred. Then there were three thousand people week two, and now there's thirty thousand. It's unbelievable. But every Thursday in the Atlantic newspaper over in the US, he writes fifteen hundred words on happiness every single week. Oprah Winfrey started to read this column every Thursday online. She then bought all his books because he's written a load of books, and then she phoned him up. Uh, because she wanted to just talk to this genius who who's, was sent down from heaven or from wherever, definitely not here, you know, to land on our spaceship and go, well, you, you can live life like this if you want to. And it's not difficult. I mean, that hack was 34 seconds and it is a super hack that really works. She phones him up. She finds his phone number because she's Oprah. So she's basically Oprah has everybody's phone number. Mm-hmm. In the world. Yeah. So she probably has, you know, she might call you one day because she will have your number because she's Oprah Winfrey. And she called him up and she said, hello, is that Arthur C. Brooks of ACB Learning? Because that's what his company's called. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he said, yes, who's this? And she said, it's Oprah Winfrey. He said, okay, actually, it's not Arthur C. Brooks, it's Batman. <laughs> Who are you? Who is it really? That's what he said. He that's said very that. good. And she said, no, it is Oprah Winfrey. He went, Oh, oh, it's actually, it does sound a bit. It's Oprah Winfrey. Oh, hello, Oprah. <laughs> Hi, how can I help you? And she wanted to meet him, so she invited him to her house and they became friends. And she said, if my TV show was still on the air, I would have had you on 30 times in the last year. And so they said, we need to do something about this. And so they wrote this book together. And apparently they're the perfect combination of characters to write the book. Because in the book, uh, there are all these these um, little tests that you can put yourself through to discern what kind of person you are, if you are high happy or high unhappy. Because high, you can be high happy and high unhappy out of 100%. Wow. Um, and you can be uh, low happy, um, high unhappy. That would be a poet. Uh, high happy and high unhappy is a scientist. Um uh low happy and um low happy and high unhappy can also be a judge um and you will find that people that have these traits do become tend to become these things you know out there in the world and you can compliment each other and i can't remember what the actual perfect compliments are but oprah is his perfect compliment and he is her perfect i think she's judge and he's a scientist brilliant um and in many ways that's true Uh, but you get those two together and fireworks boom for, for the good, only for the good. Isn't that great? Amazing. So good, isn't it? Isn't this stuff good? It's a good show, this show. The pencil trick. 
Yeah. Bite down on a pencil for 20 mm. seconds and you will feel happier. And it's not it's not like, oh, uh, you feel happier from your tummy. I, I mean, it actually it comes from the inside. You're, I like, I'm in a really, I mean, I wasn't in a bad mood, but I'm in a really <laughs> good mood. I've never known you in a bad mood, ever. I've known you distracted, but I've never, ever known you in a bad mood. How cool is that? Well, that's lovely. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I didn't ever want to say that out loud on the radio, but it's true. <laughs> it's completely true. Gemma and Heather in Newbury. My little girl woke up very early this morning and woke me up early this morning and so we're both a little bit grumpy so after hearing the pencil smile trick I just tried it upon putting the pencil in my mouth my little one smiled at me so I smiled back why does she laugh I laughed and within 10 seconds we're both smiling and laughing so widely in my face said, thank you you're very welcome you're, and if you have a laugh that's why laughing yoga works isn't it laughing workshops uh, workshops work you know I think there should be park run there should be park laugh I really do and if you go on park run you laugh more anyway the volume of the collective after any kind of physical event is, you know, times a thousand to what it was at the beginning. And let's face it, it's quite exciting at the beginning when people get together because mm-hmm. the serotonin has already kicked in because their brain is imagining what they're going to do that's good for them. And so therefore it's already happening what's good for them, which is amazing. If you want a bit of Chelsea action, Frankie Dettori has got a charity due and Alan Brazil is hosting a table. What could possibly go wrong? Mike Rutherford is providing the music. It's for loads of great charities. I forgot what the charities were yesterday. Today, I've also forgot what the charities were. But they are amazing charities. And if you want a bit on this... um, his table, it's uh, sitwithastar.com, I think, or .co.uk. But it's very, it's brilliant. It's all to do with Frankie retiring as well. He's on a tour. He's got some some uh, testimonial dinners, which might not be for charity. This one definitely is for 100% for charity. All profits go to charity. Uh, sitwithastar.com, if you want to go. People who listen to the show have been hosted by Alan before and had a great time. It's going to be fantastic. I say if you want some Chelsea action, because there'll be loads of Chelsea football players there. Because basically, Frankie Dettori... Some people think he actually plays football for Chelsea. They don't know he's um, he's a, a jockey, flat jockey, mm. uh, because he's he always wears blue and he's at Chelsea a lot because he loves them, <laughs> yeah. doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I wonder if he. I mean, he's he's got a. He must have, I think, you know, considerably been able to to create gather a decent financial war chest. He he might be in the ten percent consortium yeah. to buy either Chelsea with John Terry or the Spitfire with John Terry. Yeah, or Manchester United, because they're also interested in Man United. Just 10%. Yeah, just the 10 percenters. 10 percent. Yeah. 10 percent. 10 here, 10 percent there. So, you know, sometimes when you, you don't, uh, you can't sleep. Yes. You know, there are different reasons for it, aren't there? You yeah. could be worried about something. Yeah. Uh, you could have eaten too late. Mm. You could be you could be comatose because you've drunk too much. Then you wake up and you can't get back to sleep and your heart's racing. Uh, there can be loads of different reasons. I didn't sleep hardly at all last night. Well, I say hardly at all. Two or three hours. You know, a good night, I'll get six, four or five, you know. And because I wake up every 90 minutes with my circadian rhythm and I'm, I surrender to that now, I actually, you know, I look forward to going back to sleep three times a night because that's that's where I live. Um, but I never thought, I never thought for a second you could um, you could lose a night's sleep because of an email like this that you received at night. Oh, last wow. Night. Oh, come on. <laughs> Come here. I know. Yes. How mad is that? Yes. How mad is that? Yes. Were you too excited? I, I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't. I had no idea. That is great news. I know, I know. I know. I didn't know what to do with it. Can I read the email? Um, you read the email. I think you've read it, haven't you? So this is the reason that Chris couldn't sleep last night. It was because of an email that arrived at uh, half past eight quarters to nine last night. And I'm just going to read the email. 
Dear Chris, I have forwarded the pathology report. It's from Mr. Alan McKenzie Ross, who is the consultant plastic surgeon that removed Chris's uh, leg, leg uh, skin cancer on his leg last week. And we were expecting, actually, we were expecting this email in 10 days' time. I forwarded the pathology report. It is excellent news. There is no residual disease. You have the all clear. I hope your leg is behaving and the dressing remains secure. See you on the 12th of October. Yours sincerely, Alistair. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Come on. It's crazy. Yes. I know. So, in second week of holidays, uh, our lovely four-week holiday that we're all very fortunate to be able to take when we work on the show in the summer, um, I had a phone conversation with my dermatologist, Dr. Ellen, and she told me that, obviously, um, the mole or the freckle that was that had moved uh, metastasized metastasized um, was malignant because they were actually come back and that I would need treatment it would have to have it removed um, so we did and that was last Thursday and so at quarter to four last Thursday I had cancer and at quarter to five I didn't and I just found that out last night and um, that's because time is your biggest weapon against it if you have an abundance of it and it's its biggest weapon against you if you have a lack of it so if you doubt if you if you if you're worried about anything um just bear in mind the fact that eight weeks ago i was diagnosed with cancer and now i don't have it at all at all and that's that's why you just need to attend to things um and it's really tough because for years i was i was I was the guy who, who wouldn't go anywhere near that. But, you know, times have changed. Thank God. Thank God. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is going to be an amazing chat. He's one of... My favourite people in this business. He's a great friend. Rachel's known him forever. Vassar's known him a bit. We go back literally 30 years. More, maybe. Yeah, yeah. probably. Um, Vassar's given him, give him all the beans. All the beans. Perfect timing. Look at this. The entire front page of The Sun this morning. The Great, Great Show. Ireland and the world's longest running live talk show. The Late Late is back for its 61st season with a brand new host. So please welcome a man we all rate, rate. It's our great, great mate, mate, Patrick Kilty. Good morning, mate. Can you believe that <laughs> intro pertains to you? No. It is the maddest thing in the world, it's Chris. It's just crazy. It's, it's mad and... You know how life twists and turns. You know how what way journeys go. You know stuff that you don't expect. I I shot this little movie a few years ago, which nobody believed I did, by the way, because you sort of go, I've shot a movie, and people go, oh, yeah, yeah, I shot a movie. And I thought I was going to be a guest on the Late Late Show next week to talk about the movie. Cut to phone call in May. Would you like to host... The Late Late Show, which is just... Yeah, who's off? How long are they off for? Yeah, exactly. Like, how many weeks? <laughs> what, what's happening? And I said, no, we want... We'd like you to host. 
And ju- when you grew up on that show, <laughs> like I heard you guys talking about it yesterday morning. Yeah. You just go back to being, it's the longest running talk show in the world. Yeah. Um, 10 years of age as a kid, growing up in County Down. <laughs> this is too much. Northern Ireland. It's too much. And, um, and when you grew up where we grew up, you needed to have two TV aerials. Right. Right. So you had one TV aerial. Yeah. To go to Belfast and that got you BBC. Yep. And then you have have a slightly longer pole which went up over the Mourne Mountains. <laughs> Rachel's nutty. Right. To get RT in Dublin. Yeah. And my job, right, in the 1980s, I was just the human remote control in our house where I had to crawl in under and flick the little switch from one aerial to another to watch Gay Byrne host the Late Late Show. Wow. And you get that phone call and you just <laughs> become... Sorry. 10 years old again. I'm so happy for you. Oh, it's... Um, oh, who knew, Who knows anything? Who knows anything? Is that not why life is brilliant? Because if you did, I mean, it wouldn't be worth going through the fun to find out. Yeah, I mean, your journey to, to here. I mean, this this was not a voyage that you were in charge of. It, it would no, seem. No. I mean, you were definitely the subject of the voyage. So congratulations, <laughs> well done for climbing on board and all that other stuff. But I mean, you think of your time in America and what you've done with stand-up and, you know, you coming back here because of what happened over there and your childhood and all this kind of stuff. In Vassus's intro, he says it's the 61st season. It's the 61st year. That's because it's 61 years. Yes. This is a 61-year-old show. My goodness. The theme tune has not changed in 60-odd years. And so to stand out the back last Friday night... And normally, whenever you were a guest on the show, like when you were growing up and you used to be a guest on the show, the one show, the one show you didn't want to mess up in Ireland was the Lele, because everybody watches it. There's no hiding place in terms of like, you can't go, that was a bad show. And then you go back home to your little village and, you know, nobody will have seen it. You can go for a walk on the beach and nobody cares. Everybody has seen it. So you're thinking, let's not mess this up. Let's not mess this up as a guest. Yeah. And so whenever I used to hear the drums of that intro out the back as a guest, the hair just would go up in the back of your neck. And on Friday night, to be out the back, and they did this little trick on me, which they hadn't told me about. Well, there's a couple of things that happened were a bit of a, that I didn't tell me about. So my first appearance on the show yes. was back in 1992, I think. And, uh, and Gay Brown brought me out. It was a comedy competition. And uh, the music starts and I'm out the back and I hear this voice and it's Gay Byrne and they've taken the Gay Byrne intro from 1992 and gone, uh, he's from Dundrum, County Down, would you please welcome Patrick Keelty? And I'm like, what? And they just pushed me out. <laughs> I couldn't get through it. I could I could barely get through the opening. I was just, I was in bits. We're tearful. Yeah, because, you know, I was, it was, um, you know, people people were saying, you know, why what what attracted you to that show and there's all all the amazing things about it being a brilliant show but for me when you've got like two little boys you know and they get back over to Ireland as much as they can but for them to be able to say one day you know yeah my old fella my dad just hosted oh, the show oh my goodness me so it was just for that alone for that alone oh for that alone I love it. I love it. So I've got so many questions for you, but we've got other people on the show. I know you're busy. We're off the air at 10. Good luck, good luck everyone. So many questions about this. Um, so uh, 
Let's go to you and Kat living. If you don't know, Paddy's married to Kat Dealey. Um, they are one of the loveliest couples you could ever wish to meet. She's I love Kat. I love the bones of her. You know, she doesn't have a bad cell, let alone bone in her body. Um, and you lived in America. She's unbelievably successful there. You are, you've always been successful at various different levels, sometimes bigger than others, sometimes not so big. Chris, Yeah. let's call it. I'm not Cat Dealey successful, and I never was. I mean, if you look at pound for pound the people that have actually gone from here and made a success of it as a host in America, it's a real short list. Yeah. And so, so it's James Corden and yeah, it's Cat Dealey as hosts, probably. <laughs> That's yeah. probably it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But nevertheless, you still were enjoying success because yep. you came on the show while you lived over there, and then you you both you re both you're married, you have a family. You relocated here back here a couple of years ago, yep. didn't you? Okay, and that it wasn't necessarily on the cards. It wasn't necessarily not on the cards. So just tell us a bit about that journey, if you don't mind. So at that stage, the boys were getting to uh, an age where you're sort of thinking, if they're going to come back, my mum's not getting any younger, her mum and dad aren't getting any younger, and you're sort of thinking, you know what it's like, and cousins and all of these things. And for her to make that call, because it, it had to be her call, it had to be her call to say, like, she was the one that had created this life in Beverly Hills, and just crazy horror <laughs> stuff like I mean I remember going I you're used to still go, looking <laughs> disbelieving of it yeah I used to go <laughs> I used to go to the Emmys with her right when she, she's nominated for five Emmys I used to go to the Emmys and nobody knew who I was right like they they genuinely thought it was make a wish like they thought oh, I was oh, a commentator yeah. oh who's the PR the, kid the, they, they thought I was the, who's that sickly old grey man beside Cat <laughs> Dealey and it was like who's the competition winner so so that whole life... And in many ways you are. <laughs> yeah. Carl, <laughs> hold my hands up. We both know that one. Um, so so for her to call that, and so we decided to come back. Uh, we got a place in a school for Milo, the eldest fella. We just, The secret of comedy, Chris, is timing. We swapped a four-bedroom house in Beverly Hills with a swimming pool for a three-bedroom flat with no garden in North London a month before the pandemic. Yeah, just what the kids wanted. Just what they, just what they wanted. <laughs> just what they dreamt of. Yeah. <laughs> Ruin a wish. Right. So, so we landed back yeah. in, into that, mm. and um, you know there was a point where I remember uh, when when things started to open up a little bit, and there was a a hotel up the road, and there was uh, a swimming pool. And I decided I'll, I'll join that gym to bring right. the boys swimming. And and but is this our pool? Yes, yes, it's ours. We just let other people use it. So the the youngest fella, yep. I I brought him in and he's looking around. And he goes, Dada, Dada, who who are these people in our pool? Because <laughs> <laughs> he'd only ever grown up. Which is a good a good uh, reason to get rid of the pool yeah, anyway. Right, exactly. First world problems. Right, first world problems. So so he had grown up like in the outdoor life and on all of those things. Mm. So we decided to uh, to flip things around and and come back here. Right. Um, it was um, it was a it was a a big big decision. Uh, the whole of the world gets locked down. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever done this, Chris, but um, so Kat was out there. She was shooting a show for Disney. That gets shut down. Uh, she comes home. No one's flying anywhere. We get an offer on the house in America. Would you like to sell the house? So we go. We never know when we're going to get back. We'll sell the house. Have you ever packed up a house on FaceTime? 
before. No, I've never packed up a house on <laughs> re- real time. Of course he actual hasn't. Actual time. Of course he hasn't. You know. So so what we had to do was uh-huh. I was in charge of that, and so the removal guys would turn up. Right. They were eight hours. Hilarious. Eight hours time difference. What on the phone? Yeah, on FaceTime. Put that over there, put this over there. Well, yeah, it was like, put that there, put That's that there. That's hilarious. Everything in that drawer. And I couldn't start doing that to four o'clock in the afternoon because that was eight o'clock in the morning in LA. Suddenly you're three gins in and it's midnight. Oi! Because <laughs> that's going to help, isn't it? Throw it on in one I know box. what we need in this situation. We need a massive gin and tonic. We need a massive gin and tonic and go, I go all of the stuff, stuff that you wanted Kat to get rid of years ago. No, we don't need that. That's fine. Don't bring that back. Everything in there, everything in there. Don't look in that drawer. Just, just put that in the van. You've got to do this on the show. You've got to do the FaceTime game. Yeah. You've got to do the FaceTime game. I'm making a note. You play a game on FaceTime on the Late Late Show and it's FaceTime off or I don't know what it's called. But you've got to do that. That's funny, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. people have to have a gin and tonic in front of their camera. I mean, it's like, I don't know what it is, something like that. Okay, so then so then you come back here and then um, things settle. Settle uh, down. They say good decisions feel better every minute after you've made them and bad decisions feel worse. I presume yours was the former? Uh, it was. It was. I mean... You know, the the thing was the life that we thought we were coming back for, we didn't have because, you know, Kat was going to bounce back there and do her shows, but obviously couldn't do that. So it definitely felt the right thing to get the kids into school here, family, all that good Much stuff. Much safer. Well. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so we settled into a pattern, did a stand-up tour, shot that little movie. Um, and, and as I say, never in my life, you know, doing a little radio show on Five Live, which I love every Saturday morning and having a very nice time. Thank you very much. And then the phone call comes for this. So do you know the backstory of the decision to call you? I mean, to me, it makes complete sense. You are the perfect person for the job. And I, you know, I mean, Ryan absolutely smashed it. Gay smashed it. He wrote the book, of course. Uh, and you are perfect to to as the next sort of incarnation of it. Do you, do you know who was involved in like the... Why don't we give Paddy a call? Is it, you know... Do you think he'd fancy it? Um, there was a guy, Alan Tyler, right. uh, used to work on BBC Entertainment. He went over there and, and that's who called me. Um, Did they think you'd be interested or not? Well, it was that thing of, look, we're going to revamp the show. Yeah. Would you be interested? And Any trepidation on your part? Well, you're really good at this. You're probably the best person I know, which is you don't even have to answer. You just know how you feel. It's that lovely thing of somebody says, if you want to make a decision, just flip a coin. Yeah. And the minute you actually look, you'll know whether that was good news or bad news yeah. when you look at the... It was a whole body yes, whole body no. Yeah. And so it was a whole body yes, and it was, how do we do this? Yeah. You know, would it be okay to fly in for a few days a week and do the show? Because obviously we'd moved the kids from LA, got them into schools here, didn't want to move them again. Yeah. So, and suddenly it was like, oh, yeah, th- th- this can this can work. Yeah, because it's not transatlantic. You know? No, and, and, and also you can, you know, in terms of Irish media and papers and all of these things, everything's online, you know, you, you like, I'm, we're a family who, like, tune into a ton of stuff anyway from Ireland, so. Yeah, and the thing about, you know, obviously Gay hosted it one way, Ryan hosted it another, and you'll host it differently. I had no idea you'd hosted Friday, I w- would have watched it, obviously last night I was, I had other wonderful, other be- wonderful things, things on my mind, um, and... but of course you could have... You know, you accessorise that, that wonder, no question about that. The lily can always be gilded, especially when you're around. But um, it went very well on Friday. I'm hearing people have seen it. I can't wait to watch it tonight. 
Uh, something else I want to say. Got so, I'm so excited for you that it's not difficult to have this conversation from many different sort of perspectives. I want this show now. Um, I always did anyway, but I want this show now to be on in the UK at nine o'clock. I want it to be simulcast live um, because I want to watch that show on a Friday night with you hosting. I really genuinely want to do that. Any chance of that happening? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think we're, you know, it, it's something that whenever Gay hosted the show, uh, there was a Channel 4 deal which allowed that to happen. One of the things which is amazing about uh, Friday night was we had a ton of people watching on the RTE player around the world. There was a ton of people watching on YouTube. Uh, you know, that would be amazing if something like that would happen because you've been on the show and you know what it's like when you fly into Dublin, there's a different atmosphere. People talk to people oh, in a different way. So different. Sometimes you can get, you know... A conversation which is meant to, it's like this show yeah the late late show is essentially like your radio show which is yeah here's the questions but we're going to talk yeah, yeah and if it goes here it goes here if it goes there it goes there and all the better for it yeah yeah and that that only works at a certain level doesn't it there's a, there has to be trust there as well um between the interviewer and the interviewee there has to be trust with the audience but do you not think there's another thing which is i couldn't hosted this show 10 years ago of course i, I hadn't lived enough yet Without question, and 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 you know that it's um, like I remember years and years ago, uh, being in LA and taking meetings and trying to get stuff going, and uh, I, I ended up in a room and God love this man, like he took this meeting, he just <laughs> you just knew it was one of these meetings which is we got this kid in and uh, can you just take a meeting with him, yeah. and it was Robert Morton who was David Letterman, Bob Morton, yeah, yeah, yeah. producer, and uh, I went in and he'd seen my reel, and he said, uh, "Think you're a great kid." Come back in about uh, 15 years, we'll make a talk show. And you, I walked out, just gutted. And, and he said, you know why? He said, you just, you haven't lived enough. Yeah. You haven't lived enough. Yeah, and there's a certain, <clears throat> you know, because well, we, you know, what do you believe? What does the word believe even mean, right? So, you know, do you believe in this? Do you believe in that? So the word believe is really interesting because it, um, it immediately um, demonstrates, testifies doubt because if you know something, you don't have to believe it. And it's different. So I've given up believing things now. I either know things or I don't know things. Because believing is like your best suspicion. It's betting believing, you know, because you shouldn't have to believe if you know. And if you don't know, then believe is like, well, you know, it can go one way or another. And I think that when an audience watches you, they don't have to believe in you. They, well, they can. But I think if they know... They know they know, sorry, if they know, they don't know they know, but they still know. And that's when you are, you're not home and dry, but you've got a fighting chance. you got a fighting chance whenever you walk out and you be yourself and an audience looks at you and they just, they sm just, they, they just, they just smell you. They, they smell and they just know. It's like dogs meeting in the park. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, but for so many years, and you know this, is like, the temptation is to try to be something else. Yeah. What do they want? What do they believe in? Yeah. And what can I give them to believe in? Yeah. And then suddenly it just gets to a point where you go, I'm just me. And if this works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But you have to be you. Yeah. There's the specials of the day in a restaurant. And then there's the menu that's been there for 25 years. You've got to be the menu. You can't be the specials. <laughs> you can you have go. a go. There you go. You've got to be the house special. Yeah. You've got yeah, to be, you the, gotta be the one that's there. Yeah. 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 What it's famous for. Yeah. 
So the show is shorter with you. So it's 90 minutes. 90 minutes. We were trying to record. I mean, Rachel was brought up with it. Um, I thought it started at nine and just went on for as long as it wanted to. Did that? Have I imagined that or not? You haven't imagined that. And so whenever I, uh, on the first show on Friday night <clears throat> and we were about to come off air, and I said to the floor manager, so what is it? Is it, is it a 30? Is it a minute? What do I need for a wrap? He went, no, no. He said, just, just, just get us off air. And nice. I said, so Irish. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and I said so, so was this thing off, you know, if something's good, it's like, oh, just, just, just keep going. You know, <laughs> you know they, they don't tell you that. Right. But suddenly you realise it that it's in Dublin and if, yeah, you can, if uh, they're, they're, in, they're in charge. It's permanently punk is what it is. Yeah. So, so what was, what's the flavour? Does it have a shape to it? Will it have a regular shape to it? Because as, as I recall, and again, it's only what I recall, um, uh, you know, what do I, what do I, I don't know, it's most of it might be imagined. You know, it's quite showbiz and then it's a bit less showbiz and then you have a bonfire then which can get quite heavy and serious as the night goes on. Uh, is it uh, is it still like that? There's a little bit like that. I would say Rachel might know more about this. The Late Late Show, for me, if you're staying in on a Friday night in Ireland, it's essentially the same as going out to your local pub. Right. So you could come in, there could be a fun chat with somebody that will make you absolutely howl with laughter. Somebody could come in and have bad news. You'll sympathise with them. Everybody will give each other a hug. That person will then tell something funny about what happened to them in the midst of their despair. Everybody will laugh. Somebody will sing in the corner. Then you might argue about politics. You might fall in and fall back out again. And so it's essentially a night out in Ireland on the TV. Right. And it's 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 all the all the fun plates and you get to spin them. Yeah. Wow. The fun and some. So was this ever on your radar? Never. Because you are perfect for it. Don't you think so? Oh, completely. You're perfect for it, Paddy. It, 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 look... It, it, I had never dreamed that this would come my way. And and it's a show, you know how this works. There are certain shows you, you know, you just don't ask for. Yes. You know, it was like a weird thing, you know, when Ryan said he was leaving and that was it. And, you know, he, he had his big send off. I mean, you don't ring anybody for that show. So what did people think was going to happen next? What did you think was going to happen next? To the I had no idea. Show? I was sitting in the house. I was saying, I can't, I wonder who's going to get that. <laughs> thing anybody's ever said to me since I've been doing this for a living in an interview. That's literally the funniest thing I've ever heard. So you'd be wondering who's going to get that then, won't you? God, who's going Which to get that? Which is so Irish. That's such an Irish thought. And the thing about it is... Please she, tell me, Cat looked at you and went, do you really have no idea who they might be calling next? Well, the thing about it is she knows about the show, but but she, you know, wouldn't have known who may have been top of the list in Ireland or, or whatever for the show. So she was going... She was like, mm, yeah, that's it. You know, my wife humours me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when it happened, tell us about you telling her. Where were you when you got the call? Uh, where was I? I had uh, I just walked out of a dinner. I was in central London. Right. And uh, I had an early dinner and I came out and I was on the street and I got this, uh, this phone call. Right. And I recognised the number. I'm going... So you're literally finished. You finished dinner. You haven't but, stepped out to take the call. No, just just having dinner and, and you know came out and I was uh, and I was like, oh, I'll say hello here, and I said, ah, oh, how are you getting on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Wait till you hear what I've got to ask you. Right. Yeah. And uh, and so you know, I'd, I'd ordered my Uber, and it was sort of you know uh, it was going round. 
So he was on the, the Uber was on the phone and he was sort of trying to find me and he was going round in circles yeah. and I'm sort of standing on the street. And what was brilliant about it was, because you're standing in London, nobody knows what the show is. So I'm just standing on the street going, what, the, the Late Late Show? And of course, people just walking past and yeah, yeah. no one cares. Like yeah. it's not a, that's not a chat you could have had on the, on the street really, is, in is, Dublin. Is it honestly, because <clears throat> people would be like, oh, that's Patrick Kilty. He just said Late Late Show out loud. Two and two is four. Yeah, definitely maybe. not five. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so what? So how did you? What? So you got in the taxi, I presume. You found yeah, the taxi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What got, happened next? Uh, got in the taxi and I said, "Look, you know, you do know I'm here, and you know, I, you know, how would it, carrying on? Yeah, the phone call. In the like, taxi. Yeah, how would it work? Sorry, how would it work in terms of, and um, you know, what the format's going to be, and you know, when would you need me to do the show, and so." So just sort of, it was one of those things in principle, it was a yes. And then you know what it's like sometimes in principle, yes. When you're trying to put all the building blocks in place and lucky enough, we were able to, you know, put them in place. Yeah. But if you've got a big enough why, you'll always find a how. I love that. You know, this is why this man is the goat. And and so you, you so you arrive home. Yeah. Um, cats at home. Yeah. Hi, darling. Hi. Good day. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I said, Good dinner. You, you know we were wondering who's. <laughs> no, you didn't. Did you actually? Well, you know we were wondering who was maybe gonna. I said they just rang me up there and I wondered if I'm interested in doing it. And at which point she was like. So she gave me that look, <laughs> which which was well, I mean, you probably thought they were gonna ring, did you not? And I was like, no. All right, so she did then. So in her head, she, you know, she probably knew your man's got the skill set to do this. Of course, you have. But he clearly hasn't the brain to work out the call might be coming in. Yeah, and and no, but you know, no better, no worse comparison to thief of all whatever. Mm. Just you're different. You're going to be a different host. It's going to be a different show. You know, this is what you do for him. You you know, uh, Ryan, amazing interviewer, fantastic host on radio and telly, uh, fantastic presenter. You know, clever, intuitive, informed, all that stuff. You have those um, tools in your tool shed as well but you've also stood in front of people and you're re- you, you've been funny with a microphone it, it's kind of the chat show equivalent of Doctor Who yeah. you know your doctor's going to be different yeah and so you can only bring what you have to the dance yeah 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 um, but I mean when you walk out and you have that thing of you know you're used to standing in front of a quarter of an inch you know of microphone cable yeah. and saying here's what I think's funny what do you think yeah and loads of people say that's the hardest job in the world. Uh-huh. I remember, remember Carl Frampton, the boxer. He said to me, he said, I don't know how you do that. I think that's the hardest <laughs> job in the world. <laughs> you, go on, you get punched in the face for a living. <laughs> yeah. So, so <clears throat> even with those skill set, yeah. to walk out on, um, to walk out on, uh, on, on, on that Friday night was, it, it, it took all your powers of concentration there. You know, I remember, the first stand-up gig I ever did, it was like 15, 16. It was the Christmas concert at my school. And I didn't want to, I, I had no interest in, in doing this. I used to do voices and used to do impressions of teachers and I'd throw in the odd Billy Conley and wee bits and pieces. <laughs> and at the back of the bus, and the teacher came when he said, you're doing the Christmas concert. I said, I'm not. I said, I, I just can't, I'm petrified. I'm setting myself for the late, late show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and I said... I went home and I said to my dad, I said, I don't want to do this. And he said to me, he said, just lean on the leg that shakes the most. And that 
is the most practical bit of advice. So to sit and watch the show, 10 years of age, with my dad, obviously now gone, to stand out the back, hear those drums, and in my head was, Jack Eatley says, lean on the leg that shakes the most. Oh and that God. got me through. Lean on the leg that shakes the most. If you ever come to my house and your mother will come. I'd love to. Um, I have a garage that we've turned into a gym. I, I know. And I've written all the stuff on the walls that... that because I'm in there for an hour every day and I look at the things that's going on the wall today. Lean on the leg that shakes. What a, where did he hear that? I don't know. I wow. don't know, but it, but it's just, it's a real good practical piece of it's advice. It's amazing. It's amazing. Unless that foot is on the accelerator. Yeah. <laughs> um, which can be a bit of an issue. So, so you've done show one. Done show you one. You signed up for how many years? Three years. Three years. Okay. So we, it was probably 100, 120 shows, maybe 40 shows a year, something like that. I think it's 30 shows a year, 30 maybe a few year. specials or something. 100, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, what have you learned from the first one? What are you going to take into the next one? You know, the road is long. So, you know, nothing is urgent, but everything's important. What do you think? Uh, what I learned from the first one is that you have to enjoy it. You have to enjoy it. I used to get really, really frantic before a show and, you know, whenever I first came to see you do your stuff and everybody's just, ah! And then you, you come off and you go, that was amazing. Did I enjoy it? I don't know. I think I did. Yeah. I'll know in 10 years' time. Right. Yeah. And then you get to 10 years' time and you sort of... So I just knew that the one thing I wanted to do was have those nerves before you walk out. But if you're not enjoying it, Nobody else says, and what's the point in having a big opportunity like that unless you walk out yeah. and try to enjoy it? Yeah, nobody wants to see a competition winner hosting a show for more than five minutes. But for that five minutes, they definitely want to see the competition. But after that, they need to host. After that, there comes a point when the pilot comes on and you hear the pilot's <laughs> the pilot. voice. It's always, yeah, always defer to the aviation industry. Yeah. Black box yeah. thinking. It's just, it's that thing. It's saved a few lives. Yeah. It's like, here I am. I'm delighted to be here. Let's yeah. say, so it's that thing. If, if you you got to be in charge. Yeah, sit back and enjoy the flight. Yeah. I'll, I'll take care of business up front. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think we're way over time. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, no, gosh. I'm going to be here to talk about a film. Oh, are you? <laughs> I had no idea. Really? You, you are joking me. I've got a film. I thought, I've got this a is a, these, they must be bringing it to UK TV, otherwise he won't be on to talk about it for 35 minutes. So this is my fault. I had a bit of a night. Uh, sorry, your PR lady from the film is here. I apologise. I had a bit of a night last night. I always read my briefs, but I don't know if you heard what happened last night. Hey, hey, you should have had a night last night. Yeah. You should have had a night last night and tonight. I do my homework. I'm sorry, I didn't do my homework last night because of the news that I received last night. Okay, so about this... <laughs> Ballywater out this Friday, twenty second of September. Uh, yeah, twenty second of September. We're going to uh, tell Rach to forget the news. No, forget the news. We can't, we can't no, do no, no, we can. Well, I'm allowed to do that sometimes. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I am allowed to do it. I'm actually allowed to do it. Carry on with about the film. <laughs> so this movie. Yes. So you're talking about stuff you never thought would happen, would uh, never come your way. I mean, right. I had never screen acted before in my life, and on Friday across cinemas in UK and Ireland. This feature film opens on 70 screens. Um, 
So, I'm, so, yeah, I'm so, the lead and, that's the hilarious. Lead. So the second week of your new talk show, <laughs> which is the the longest running talk show in the world, you also happen to be in a movie where you and you could be on. This is why you started the chat by thinking you were going to be on the Late Show talking about this movie that's yeah. out this Friday. Yeah. But can you be on your own show? Can you interview yourself? Go no, to that. No, Stephen okay. Stewart can pull that up. <laughs> well, Stephen Stewart, like Steve, as we know, the amazing, amazing director who's directing the Late Late and has uh, worked with you. Uh, oh, please have yourself on. I I, I can't admit. Of course you can. You can pre-record. You know, I know how to do this. Jeez. Yeah. It's easy. Slight of hand, split screen. You can do it. Of course you can do it. You okay. can do it live. So I think, I think there might be a problem in terms of oh. the product placement in RTE of me plugging oh, my I own see. thing on my own show. So technologically you can do it. Yeah. Just... So the problem is, 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 is that uh, a lot of people are watching the Late Late Show on Friday night and the movie then in Ireland opens on Friday as well. So you've got that idea of if you're going out, please watch a movie. And if you're staying in, please watch a show. Right. That's okay. That's but it's brilliant. dualism. It's life. Yeah. It's night and day. It's the sun and the rain. Yeah. It's 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 death and birth. It's completely representative of the human species and the world in which we have been involuntary born into. And the four hundred thousand trillion to one lottery that we wake up having won every morning. Where's, argue against that, anyone? I feel that's okay. <laughs> I, I don't believe that, Chris. I know that. So, exactly. <laughs> So, what you can do though, I think you can legally get somebody to interview you about it. Ah. So, if you if you know anybody who's they could host a talk show or okay. could just do a quick interview, <laughs> that, that would happily fly over there to be part of the juice and the jam on the Friday. I'm just trying to work out who potentially could be <laughs> on an airplane. I watched I watched your movie yesterday and I loved it. It is oh. a really beautiful story of friendship, of addiction, of grief. And it is beautifully shot. Those roads outside Belfast just brought me right back home. And the best bit is that you do a comedy stand-up course. Which, and I die on my what? ass. I die on my ass. So, yeah, so uh, the story is about a young girl called Eileen whose life goes on the skids from London. She ends up back sleeping on her mum's couch. My life's on the skids. She drives a taxi. We meet in the taxi. And it's about unexpected connections and the idea that sometimes two broken people can maybe help put each other back together again. You know this better than anybody. When it comes to physical health, we do an incremental thing, yeah. which is, oh, let me have a look at that. Okay, no, we'll do a biopsy. That needs to be taken out. You need a statin. You need heart surgery. It's all... Procedure. When it comes to mental health, you know, where we're growing up, where I was from, it was either, how are you? I'm fine. Or your man's head's gone. And so the increments of mental health, which we are now starting to talk about, which is brilliant, is the idea that two people that aren't fully formed and who is can potentially meet in an unexpected connection and the little bit that they need, they can help to give the other person. So what you should do on Friday is, because we film all this, you should play that bit in because that was beautiful, wasn't yeah. it? Um, here's somebody who looks a bit like me on a show over in the UK talking about a film that's out today that is available to watch at other times uh, as well as when the show is broadcast. The one you're watching now, The Late Late Show. That's great. great. There you go. Did you write it? <laughs> no, I didn't write it. Uh, an amazing uh, writer, Stacey Gregg, wrote it. James Beerman, who's just done Prima Fassi with Jodie Comer in the West End. He's produced it. Prasanna Pawanaraja, who's been in The Crown, uh, 10%, an amazing actor. It's his debut feature. We've been having lovely reviews and um, the, the notion of just being on a big screen hilarious hilarious you got hit reviews for the film you got hit reviews for the late late show neither of which you ever planned but were clearly being planned for you 
ever in my life. But they were clearly being planned for you. Because yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? The thing is, the reason these have come to you now, maybe, is because you are more available and present now than you've ever been before. And all these things have just been waiting in the wings saying, when he's ready, we'll tap him on the shoulder. More or less? I don't believe that. I know it's right. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, so the Late Late Show, Fridays, 9.35pm, RT1 and the RT Play. So it's 9.35, it's not 9 o'clock. 9.35. Right. Again, a very Irish time to start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not, not 9 o'clock, not 9.30 even. I'm actually surprised it's not 9.34 or 9.30. They put it back twice. It, it, was, it should have been 9. It goes to the Late Show at 9.30 and the Late Late makes it 9.35. Sinead says, Paddy was absolutely fantastic on his debut Late Late Show. I watched it from here in London on RT on the player. Good morning, Chris and all the team. It's great to hear Patrick Kilty on this morning. I'm from the, how do you say that? Uh, the Gale Talk. The Gale Talk in Donegal, but have been living in Chesham for over 30 years. Oh, that's Hello. interesting. That's uh, where Rachel lives. I grew up with the Late Late Show on in our house every Friday night. I now have the RTE player app so I can watch all the programmes from home. Just want to say fair play to Paddy. No better man for the job and wishing him all the luck and all the love in the world. Love to your society. Have you sensed the love? The love is, it's all, it's all that carried me through. Yeah. You know, like the the expectation of it, the week going into the show, I felt that I had so so many people in my corner, and um, and it's rare in life where, you know, you you feel that, and and I fe- I try to feed off it as best I could. Well, um, guess you just texted. No idea. Right. No. Yeah, he's listening. I still. Oh, <laughs> He said, I, he, I said sent me, he sent me a lovely good luck message. I said he should come on the show. He said, I don't want to take him away from the moment. He's, is he here? No, but he's on the, we could get him on the phone. Oh, there you go. Um, does he have anything to do with Ballywalter, which is what you're on for <laughs> this Friday, 22nd of September? <laughs> so the link that I didn't watch last night in, oh, that might be... Well, but why would you? I mean, come I on, know, with, the news, with I, the news you got, come I know, on. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, but I thought, oh, that might... Be, well, I didn't realise the show started last week let alone the film is out this week. And I thought that was a link to maybe a dress rehearsal or something for the TV show. It wasn't because the TV show has been out. I could have watched it and caught up with the RTE player. It was actually a link to the film, which has been made for ages. And I had no idea it existed. And it's really good. You know what, it's you going know what, really well, isn't you, it? You know what I love with this, Rachel, <laughs> is that English people say that Irish people can do a shaggy dog story. I mean, that, that's just brilliant. Really? I wonder what the first ever shaggy dog story was. Was it about a shaggy dog? <laughs> Talking about an Irish wolf. So who's on the show this Friday? I can't say. They don't announce the guests. They don't announce the guests? No. Is that a thing? It, it used to be a thing and it's starting to be a thing again, which is just just tune in, see what happens. I love that. It's like Glastonbury, isn't it? People just buy the tickets. <laughs> don't care. Just buy the tickets. Oh, I just want to be there. Yeah. That's confidence, isn't it? I, I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll see. We'll see. Or lack we'll, of a guest booker. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Sorry, nobody's spoken. We haven't had the news. It's Patrick Hilty. It's all right. It's a joyous thing, isn't it? It is. And he's got a movie out. <laughs> and he's married to Kat Dealey still. She stayed married to him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's bought a hotel I, 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 that he allows people to stay in, but he secretly owns, so his kids don't think that it's their pool. But it actually is. Chris, Chris, can, yeah. I, can, can I just say one thing, God. right? That... Uh, coming in here and you're thinking, you know, talking about the late, late show, is that going to put a smile on my face? Okay, is the, is the movie going to put a smile on my face? 
They both do. The thing that's put the biggest smile on my face is I know the story of your garage and the clear out because I listen, right? And I know what happens in there. The fact that that quote is going on the wall of, of your guy, that makes me smile so much. All right, lean on the leg. If you're nervous, lean on the leg that shakes the most and you will fare extremely well as the new Late Late Show host. That's it. We're done. You're the best, man. I mean, Chris, uh, every time, every time I, I, I was uh, I was coming in there and just, I said, I'm, I'm coming to see the mothership. I said to Stephen Stewart, he says, where are you going? He says, I'm going to see the mothership this morning. I said, and you are. So thanks for having me on. It means a lot. Right back at you, pal. We need to stop this. We sound like two half-decent blokes here. This must cease immediately. <laughs> Barney Walter out this Friday. Hear more about it on the Late Late Show. That's right, they don't ask the guests. Because he's guest, inquisitor, I don't know, whatever. Bye, 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 bye. Cheers, pal. Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. It won't be like this forever, so just enjoy it while it's here. It's a really wonderful thing. And James Bay. It's about me. It's about my relationship with Lucy. It sums up so much of what went into writing this whole album. We're all works in progress. I still don't necessarily know who I am. And Depeche Mode's Dave Gahan remembering the late, great Andy Fletcher. I'll be honest with you, the first thought that came in my head was, I wish I'd been a bit kinder. Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash virginradiouk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.